to me, my podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Dom of X Show, where we analyze the printed pages of Marvel's famous mutants. I'm your host, Professor Dom Torres, and here at my side again is our lovely co-host and great friend of mine, Dylan Michael Gray. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, and once again, I would like to reiterate, we are in a pandemic, and we are not actually next to each other, but I am at his side figuratively. So he's here, but he's not here, but but he's here, and that's that's all that matters. It's his spirit that's here. You know what else is also here? The New Mutants. We got the freaking yes. original, classic New Muties at our side, and this is what we're going to be covering today, the pages of the issues of Jonathan Hickman's. New Mutants run. That's correct, because there is a second New Mutant series written by Ed Brissom. The way that Hickman did this for New Mutants and partly in to tie into his regular X-Men run, he split the book among himself and other writer Ed Brisson, who's known for other works like Cosmic Ghost Rider, Iron Fist, and a whole bunch of other stuff. What Hickman is doing, or did with the book, was did a four-issue miniseries where he covered the original guys, the original New Mutants. We had Sunspot, we had Mirage, Magic, and Karma, and all of them folks. And what Brisson is doing in his other book is he's taking another different team of other New Mutants, the some of the younger guys on Krakoa or from the regular X-Men universe, and he's doing a different spinoff with them. So the book sort of flipped back and forth. Hickman's in it for four issues, and he's off the book. Now it's, now it's Ed Brisson who's mainly doing it. But for the time being and when it launched, Hickman was writing the quote-unquote main core of the book. And flip-flop back and forth, but we're going to be covering those original New Mutants here, as Hickman did. And with that, we are going to credit all the people who worked on this. Story by Jonathan Hickman. Interiors and Colors by Rod Reyes. Lettering by Travis Lanham. Interior and Exterior Designing by Tom Mueller. And Senior Editing by Jordan D. White. Covering Issues 1-2, through two, 5, and 7. And with that, we start off... With this sort of seed, we're outside on the island nation of Krakoa, and the sun is shining. And all of a sudden, we we get this, we get these trees in the background, and as we see a resurrected mutant, she's coming out from the glass and egg. And what's happening here? We got. It seems like we got we got some of those resurrection protocols that that were introduced all the way back in House of X. That's right, and we get to see one of my favorite new mutants, Rain Sinclair, a.k.a. the werewolf. Oh, I love her. She goes, and I actually first originally read her not in New Mutants, no. I originally read her in post-House of M X-Factor, which she was part of the X-Factor team, and actually a small part on the X-Force team, too. For an- That's another story for another time. She gets resurrected, and she's kind of like, I'm here, I'm finally in paradise. You know, what she's been striving for her whole entire life. Because being a devout Catholic as she is, like, that's the whole point. Is to run, be a, have a good life and go into paradise. And now she's literally there. Right, and that's what she's talking. She's talking with Karma and she's just outside and she's just chillaxing. And she finally says, it's like I died and went to heaven. Like, look at here. We're, we're finally enjoying life here. And a Storm, this is, I think, an interesting part because Storm said that all of her past sins, so whatever happened, you know, obviously with her before and her history is forgiven. Just forget about the past, just go on and live forward, move forward, 
that's what that's what I loved about this this opening. It's it's, it's solemn, but it's also it also hits because you, you finally get to that point in your life where you're just saying, "Yes, I did it. I finally got there." <laughs> you know, right? And they and they deserve it. You know, like the the X Men specifically, New Mutants and main cast. Like they have done so. They're not like the Brotherhood. They're not like Wolverine or X twenty three where they have a checker pass and they've murdered a bunch of people. These are people that are true heroes that want to help people and they've done everything they could and still society and the universe even at that point just wants them to stay down and they finally finally have what they want and it's just it's so nice to see so many mutants just happy right you know what i'm saying obviously the guys in power they're always busy fighting with other nations so that's not great but everyone else seems pretty happy and that's what i love about this whole thing the paradise aspect Right, and, and again, you like you finally get out, you see the trees and what everybody is sort of celebrating on this island as we get to see more and more of our mutants that we know come back into the surface, like go back into the light. And for me to see everybody just sort of in this happy trance, it just gives me good vibes. It's heartening. It, it's really, it touches. it, And we get to see more of the, or one of the other original new mutants, our good old pal Cypher coming back from literally creating a whole entire ecosystem for the island nation yeah. is talking to this weird plant dude. And I, I, it's lots of these conversations, and they're weird, but I, I really enjoyed them a lot. We see Cypher as he's just talking with Mondo, and he's trying to establish this weird connection. What, what were we feeling about this? This is, this is, I think, an interesting point because of Cypher's connection with the actual nation. So, like, the whole idea that, like, they're still trying to figure out Krakoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing's figured out. They're still doing trial by error. They're still trying to learn about everything. You know what I mean? They're still trying to find out what this island is. I mean, in in X-Men, for instance, like, the island has sex with another island from another dimension. Like, it's a whole thing. You know, they still have no idea what's going on. They And so, um... Cypher's just trying to find other ways to communicate with the island, and if that means, like, getting the island to go inside another person so they can have a conversation, like, let's go for it, you know? And it was some weird, crazy Quado shit. Quado, if you guys don't know, is from Total Recall. He's hidden in a person, and he comes out literally out of their stomach, and all you see is this weird baby mutant face with, like, hands, and he's psychic and intelligent and all that kind of stuff, and it totally reminded me of that. It, it was just weird. Like, you get to see Cypher, and he's like, okay, I, I need to learn more about my situation with this, with myself and this island. And then all of a sudden, Mondo gets the connection, and, and this, like, weird plant being out from his stomach just appears out of the blue. And, <laughs> and you look at it, it's like, man, like, this, like there's two people talking to me at the same time. Like, okay, who's talking? Is it Mondo? Is it Krakoa? And just the way this shut off. Oh my goodness, I I would be flat out disgusted, but I thought it was low-key hilarious. Uh, and that, God, th- that's what I love. Okay, number one thing that I love about the New Mutants is the comedy relief. It's just seeing Hickman play with the comedy. And I find myself literally laughing out loud reading this stuff. I mean, later in the book he gets really meta too, which, you know, meta comedy is really big right now, as you know with like Rick and Morty and just Dan Harmon in general, has really brought the meta comedy to a whole new level. And he's just, he's killing it. In fact, today when I was at work at Flying Colors, I was talking to my coworker Andrew about this. And he's like, yeah, dude, Hickman's hilarious. Don't you remember his work on Fantastic Four or uh, Future Foundation? Like, he made 
this quips that Spider-Man was saying was hilarious. And I was like, oh my god, you're right, that was Hickman. I completely forgot. This guy's funny. He's funny, he's scientific, he's world-builder, like... This man does it all. Like you know what I'm saying? Like What's pull next? It all. What, like, what how's he gonna blow me away next? You know what I mean? He gets you, like when Mondo gets Krakoa inside of him and has has the island has to telepathically speak to him via his stomach, that gets to you. And I am sort of traumatized, but I am in a good way traumatized in the fact that I'm just rolling on my bed dying and yeah, well, let's never let's never see that again from from Mondo and Cypher, but it was just Bad. It was just hilarious. I loved it. Well, specifically the way he writes Sunspot. Like, I haven't read too much Sunspot stuff, but I feel like oh, man. this is the funniest he's ever been. I, you know what I mean? You know, Sunspot, this is sort of coming from his Avengers run when he brought him and another character that we'll visit once he gets into the book. He brought those two into his Avengers run and freaking... Bobby DaCosta was just the most hilarious man I could ever meet in my entire life. Like, this guy is cracking jokes. Like, we see him in Mirage, and they're just moving on. And sure, they have heartfelt moments, but he's trying to get in coffee. Like, he goes into his house. We find out that they're the mutants, or the new mutants, rather, have a house called the Sextant, where they're, you know, it's their habitat. Like, they go in, <laughs> and he's trying to get some coffee for magic, and magic... He's just, she's just like, no, this is my coffee. Go get yours. And that's going to be something. I feel like that's going to be something. Like, there's something in that coffee that's going to get people addicted or something. We're, that's foreshadowing. That entire scene was foreshadowing. We're going <laughs> to see that, that coffee turn into a sword. Like, the sword of coffee or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, the sword of coffee. And it's got the, the caffeinated blade. Yes. I'm, I'm here for that. I am here for the caffeinated blade. And we're just going to see magic just whoop all the new mutants. Like, we're going to have an epic training montage where magic is in some weird arena. And she's fighting off against her teammates. And she's just slicing everybody with this coffee blade that she just takes on. What's on the sword? Just whips around. Cuts off everybody's arms with the power of coffee beans. And in her magic yes. And it's going to be the most whack stuff, but I'm going to love it. Like, love, love it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, let's let's do it. Hickman, we're, we're calling it right now. We want to see the Blade of Caffeine. Like, it needs to happen. That's going to be one of <laughs> That's the... not an X of Swords, I'm out. Yeah. I'm literally, we're stopping the podcast. If there's not the Blade of Caffeine, I'm out. Even if it's just a quip, <laughs> we will take a quip. And especially Give me a variant cover. Give me a variant cover with this fool just standing there with a dripping coffee sword. Like the more I think about it, it's more it's less X-Men and it's just turning into like Adventure Time. Like I could totally see like a caffeine sword in Adventure Time. And caffeine, I would die just to see anything like that in any sort of media. We got Ileana Rasputin, magic, and she's just whipping around this again, this caffeinated blade, and axe of swords as she's fighting some weird being, and it's just going to be the most epic stuff ever. I want it now. Give me that mug. Let's transform that mug and jar into this weird... I, I'm down for it. Like, we need to. That That is our next pitch. Hickman, 
If you're going to do another small series like this and get off a book, make it a magic book, but just have it about that blade. Like, that's all we need. We just need that stupid sword with all the coffee stains on it. We'll just be whipping out. That's it. That's all we want for you. Yes. And, and she's jittery. Like, I want to see, like, shaking lines, like, when she's sitting there talking and stuff. And, oh my goodness, it will be the most... What we also need in that, because Hickman does this in all of the issues that he has, he has Sunspot and Mirage, or Bobby and Danny, if you want to call them by their actual names. They narrate the book, sort of, where Bobby seems like he's talking to the audience, but he's also talking with Danny, but he's also talking with the team. And the two share back and forth, and they're just like, hey, I want to bring this guy in. Like, let's bring like this guy or whatever and he's talking to us and danny's like wait what like are you sure if this guy we're in and it's a flip bot back and forth but i love it because there's also this sort of i love fourth wall breaking when it's done well and sunspot is just yes. the perfect character just to play off of because you can tell that well for one he's having a heck of a time with his with his life right now right new life all of his friends are back we're all on this island we're all going to be in it together so he's enjoying himself but also for the second part i think it's just a clever way to move the story along because this is clearly and supposed to be much more light-hearted than all of the other x books i think that we have and hickman Definitely. just plays it off perfectly and it's smart because Having comedy relief is very important, but I it can't, like, really take away from the story at all. Like, for instance, with the Holder culture, you know what I'm saying? It's a bunch of old lady farmer chicks that, like, are super scientists. Like, that's funny, but that's not, it's not a joke the whole time. The whole time, I should say. It's just this very small little bit that happens, you know what I mean? But, and with X-Force, you don't really want jokes going on with black ops is happening you know what i mean yeah. like these are things that need to be kind of more serious and so it's really nice that he has an entire series based just to make us kind of laugh and giggle at everything that's going on right now you know what i mean exactly. and he hits the notes so well right like playing Seriously. the strings with sunspot and just oh yeah hey guys i'm sunspot i'm so happy and, and he's just looking at us and you can tell that he's enjoyed life but it's just all the all the bits hit and that's what matters it's not that Heck yeah. he's not written it's the fact that he is written well this is something that i think that he would do bringing over again from hickman's avengers and how we had him as comedy relief there put him in here in this book and we're just having fun in space and you can clearly see like as we shoot and he wants from himself, like literally telling us, hey, I want Sam, I, my friend Sam Guthrie back. I want Cannonball back with me. Yeah. And he shoots off in the I space. mean, he, he, he's in paradise, but he doesn't feel complete because he, he misses his best right, friend like, who's off yeah. being a dad, who's off, you know, sit, protecting an entire empire. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's got stuff going on for him. He he has no time, and but it's it's so sweet to see him like, you know, I have everything I need, I have a team, I have unbelievable amount of money and power, but I just want my best friend, I just want my best pal, I want to play Xbox, you know? I love it. I love it. I think, I think what I love about this too is just sort of the fact that Hickman loves, I think, the idea of, I think what I think we, all of us should strive for having those platonic relationships that we have with certain people and the way that that Jonathan is playing off with, you know, these two buds who've been with each other, you know, together and forever. And the fact right. that they've been on so many adventures together and now that they're split apart, the fact that Hickman is trying to play off with the my best but I want I just want my best bud here. I wanna, you know, I wanna hug him, I wanna make sure he's alright, but I wanna make sure that, you know, we both have fun together. And I love that. Like I love friends looking out for each other. 
just going through every single way just to get there. That's what I love about Sunspot and Cannonball's relationship. It's the fact that, yeah, they, you know, they're, they're good votes, but they, you know, and the friendship just plays all throughout and one, like just wanting a friend, you know, wanting your friend next to you, I think is all something that we should be striving for and that, you know, all of us should try to have a, eh? get, get your best buddy. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Well, hopefully, hopefully we won't have any people that develop a relationship as close as they did the way that they did, you know, through literal battle and, and, <laughs> and, tra and tragedy and all that kind of stuff. Oh, like, man, let's no. not hope that like you become best, like you and me, let's not become best friends because people are hunting us. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be friends because we're hanging out, you know? Right. <laughs> like, you know, we work, we work together and I just want my best bud down here and Krakoa along with me. Like, I want us to That's enjoy right. paradise. Speaking of paradise, we're actually going to be moving away from Krakoa as Sunspot brings over all of his other friends because he wants Sam. Mm -hmm. And they go into space with some very familiar friends, the Starjammers. It's like we, we just saw them in X-Men, right? We just saw them That's right. hang out with Cyclops and, you know, the Summer's house because uh, you know, they're all related. And now, you know, we, we space pirates. We need, to, we need a lift. We need to find our best bud. What better way to do it than the guys we just made a connection with in the first issue of X-Men? That's right. And once again, this is just more strengths of Hickman being able to write the symphony, which is the Dawn of X series, is because they're all so interconnected. It's it it's beautiful. It's like it's just it's it's a masterpiece. He's straight up maestro of comics as far as i'm concerned it's unbelievable and you know that there, there there's more stuff that's going to be leading to more stuff and more stuff like uh, i can't wait i always say that i say that literally every single episode i can't wait to see what he does next every time he just he has gives me so much hope for the future you know what i'm saying i have right now we got the pandemic we have this crazy election we have no idea what what's going to be happening but you know what the one thing i'm looking forward to is the next thing of x-men that i get to read I love how it's all sort of interconnected too, even with the first bits of the story, because again, not only does Hickman bring those characters back that we just read all the way back in X-Men number one, you can tell that he's trying to tie in everything so that you, if you didn't read X-Men number one, you still get this sort of idea of, hey, you know, I'm a new reader, I only want to read New Mutants, but I understand where whatever is happening, right? But if you have read X-Men number one, you also you get that added connection and feel because it's tied in. And you've already seen them before, like I said. You also get that same cast that you just, you know, you just saw. And, you know, we got these space pirates are out here. And I love to see it. I love to see, you know, people and creators just tying everything in together as much as possible. So you can get the most enjoyment out of it. Seeing the Star Jammers here, because it all makes sense. They're space pirates. They can take people on their ship. It's perfect. It's perfect for the book, and it's it's also just, you know, it's well, it's Jonathan writing, so obviously he's going to have stuff tied in with his own stuff. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense not to, but as we see, you know, all of the other, you know, New Mutants playing around with Cypher. Like, let's, uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Cypher and Mondo talking with your boy, mm -hmm. Chode. <laughs> as we, you know, we remember Chode. It's my boy, Chode. From Excellent yes, Number One. Yes, the, the best... The best and worst name character of all time. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't... 
<clears throat> I haven't read too much Star Jambers, but I didn't know that Chode was actually, like, an intelligent kind of person. Like, I just thought he was just, like, a brute, you know what I'm saying? But we get to see a different side of him, because he's trying, he wants to make this delicacy in his habitat on the ship, and, like, it just takes one little mutant to come up in here and mess it all up, years of work. Oh, man, like, I feel bad for you. He just, he just wants his plants in, and he just wants to see them prosper, and all of a sudden, oh, man, these two... And these two troublemakers, like, even as they just met, like, freaking Mondo and Cypher just on Kurt Koa Nation. Like, these two, oh, yeah, we're sorry. Like, we're sorry, Chode, don't kill us. Yeah, it, he does, it doesn't make him happy. It, he, he says he's not picking up anything about it. It's good, but it doesn't make him any happier than he already was. So, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, great, you fixed it, but my plants are dead. So, so fuck you guys. So, screw you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. No. And it just adds more to the the comedy aspect, you know? And this Mondo dude is just so nonchalant and just is like, you know, I hate everyone, but I'm here. You know, whatever. I'm one with the universe. Yeah, and, and Magic just sort of seems like this... Well, she's outgoing, and you, we'll see later how Mondo reacts to sort of everybody. But yeah, like, again, all of the comedic aspects, they hit, and, you know, we finally get the final... As Hickman gives us some more information about the Star Jammers, and you know, oh yeah, no, they're pirates and all that. But man, now we got Nemians. They're all sort of wrapped into this this meeting with Corsair, and well, they're about to go get something. There's this thing called the King Egg, where. It's just important. It's this on this weird transit station, and if it's removed from its original habitat, well, there's going to be alarms, and yeah, the 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 Shi'ar just come in and and annihilate them offhand. I thought I thought again, all of this was incredibly hilarious. Like you know, we got the Shi'ars are just slamming down on these stupid folks, and can we talk about? Jonathan Stars Moore's, aka Chambers, freaking handkerchief or face mask or however you want to call it, and just vomiting out. And he's, you know, I want to talk about Chambers' mouth and how yeah. his dialogue is blue, but also how he just explodes if he just opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah, literally, the man has to keep his mouth closed and covered or else. Just huge amounts of energy, and ex I, I believe it's explosive energy, energy like fire, but I'm not 100%. I think it yes. might just be in regular energy. It is fire? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. So, yeah. He opens his mouth, boom. Literally spitting hot fire. So, he has to keep his mouth covered at all times, and he has to keep his mouth pretty much like this. Like, he has to, like, just have, like, a little crack so that just a little bit of words can come out so he can talk. You know, because if he opens his mouth fully, boom, explosions. And we got a whole bunch of those and, you know, more Shi'ar dead. And as the Star Jammers are running from um, the, the mess that the, the other mutants have made because they took the King Egg. And, the, the you know, Corsair just flats out tells them or tells Sunspot, hey, we can't save your friends. And he just, you know, grants on about, oh, yeah, they, they, they ruined my plants I got my arm cut off. Hepzibah just hates children. And 
Sunspot also stole his whiskey. He stole Corsair's yeah, whiskey. Yeah, well, you know what? You know what? You look at Ileana, and you're like, okay, who's this? Like, yeah, she's tall, she's strong, she's got a magic sword, she could teleport, whatever. But everyone always counts her out. This is Colossus's sister. Okay, you don't think she can fight? She's from Mother Russia. Okay, born in the in the endings of of the Soviet Union, she has she has forged through ice and beats and 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 communism, and she will. She has had harsh winters that will that our minds can't even fathom. This is a strong chick, and she still gets called yeah. out. Like they're like, "No, this little the space pirate, he's gonna be able to take her." I'm like, "No, bro, it's not." And when he breaks her nose, that's when she goes. Like everyone's like, "Oh, Cosair's he's just messing with her. He's just messing with her." Come to find out, no, he breaks her nose, and the magic is like, "Oh, no." You, I've been messing with you the whole time. It cuts his arm off. And the line, when he goes, you cut my arm off. And she's like, well, your arm's fake. My nose is real. <laughs> got him. And that is what you knew, how you know you got these sick beats. And like I said, the fight was awesome. But just the way that it's just delivered and, you know, the aftermath of Raz is just like, come on, bro. Why you did, she did this to me. It stinks for him. It stinks for, you know, but yeah, yeah. They, they, but yeah, they just, they just leave poor Sunspot. They, they, they leave him. They're like, yeah, we can't help you. Sorry. And he drinks the last of the whiskey. Gosh. And Bob- well, well, let me lay it to you down. No, no, no. It's not that they didn't want to help him. It's that literally each and every one of the new mutants pissed off all of the star jammers in one way or another. And so they're like, no, this was like the, you're the final straw. Get off. We don't need you. <laughs> now you lost a ride, boyo. And and Bobby just looks at us and he's like, hey, I'm here to save the day. You flip the page, he gets caught in with the rest of it. And it's just the best thing. Like, uh, like, yeah, I did it, guys. I drink my beer. I'm going to go save my friends. And then next thing you know, he's surrounded by a whole bunch of other people and they're going to jail. <laughs> it's the end of it's just the end of the fight. Did not take him very long yeah. at all. Like a quick. Now let's talk about, okay, let's now talk about his recapping because that's the next thing that happens right after this scene. And we get to see him recap kind of like what's been happening. And oh my God, the meta humor, just the way he just looks at the universe is just so funny. And I love it. I love the way he's written. It's, it's hilarious. It's great. It's what we kind of, it's what we need. You know what I'm saying? This is the kind of humor that we need. It's not poking fun at anyone. Right. It's real. Again, we're we're looking, like like you said, like we're looking through his lens and how we're going to see the, how he sees the world, how, how Bobby DeCoste. The universe. How he sees the universe. Let's be real. He's in space right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's not just limited to one part. It's how he sees everything. So he's like, yeah, okay. You know, people love me, first of all, okay? Like, like he, he establishes, oh, yeah, like, people love, I, I'm a people person, and, and they know that, and I'm a businessman <laughs> also, and I'm responsible, but we also ran into some pretty, pretty, you know, bad pirates or seemingly something like that. But, you know, I don't I don't know if they're good. I just don't. And so, right. and he comes in and he tells, hey, uh, there was this weird egg and they got the egg and something, 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 Earth, and we can't, or we're far away, and now we're stuck in the stupid rotten jail and magic has the sword and would beat a lot of prisoners with it. 
and it does yeah. something. And then, like, once they swarm her, she just, like, takes it away, and then they put her in solitary confinement, and she just teleports out! Because she's like, guys, you, I have powers. Like, I, uh, what are yeah. you doing? Get like, out of here. You gotta, you gotta, you can't stop her. But, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me also tell you that Sunspot hired his own lawyer. That's right. So that they could get him out, right? But wait, but but before before he gets into that, he's, he just has to tell the audience, hey, oh my gosh, look at me. I'm so handsome. Okay, on with the issue. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's just the best recaps. Like, you need those hilarious recaps sometimes where you're just, like, chillaxing and, and all the itty-bitty lines he just says. It's so good. Yes. It's really good. Oh, no. It's, with comedy, it's it's the subtlety. That's what makes strong comedy. Like, obviously, there's funny stuff, like, like you know, some Chris Farley humor where it's just in your face, you know what I'm saying? But there's also just the subtleness, and that's what I think, um, and that's what I think Sunspot kind of has. He has this kind of charming dickness about him that just makes him so hilarious, you know? Exactly, and, and it's just pulling it off you, but... Also, sometimes it will be out there rowdy, but also, like you said, the subtlety and how Hickman is just able to jag nat that get jabs at you with just yeah, just him saying you know I'm handsome like that, that made my day. Like I was like yeah, let's let's get into it. like let's let's read some more right. The space lawyer sucks, and yeah, they, yeah, we find oh they're guilty. It's like they're gonna die. Like, we're gonna see the new mutants die, and they're not gonna be on Krakoa, so we're never gonna see them again, right? And Yep, that's the end of New Mutants, obviously. <laughs> uh, but lo and behold, our good friend Samuel Guthrie, aka Cannonball, with his good wife, Izzy Kane, aka the Smasher, one of the peeps of the Shi'ar Empire, they are here, and they're like, Sam, you're back! We're happy and and it's oh heartwarming and and Sam is just recollecting with everybody and it's just the cutest thing. It's so heartwarming. We more seminal moments and just more people bonding with each other. That it just yeah. makes me so. And it was a twist. I did. I honestly didn't see it coming. In my head, I was like, oh, so they're gonna escape jail some silly way, like through the go like Shawshank Redemption and have them go through like the poop shoot or something like that. But no, instead they just straight up had like his friends come and save him. The people that they came to see in the first place. And oh, we're just going to go back to the Shi'ar home throne world and everything's going to be all right. Well, that's not how it turns out, does it, Dominic? It does not, no. He's their prison, like they're all his prisoners now. Or well, Izzy's prisoners. Sam's just, you know, there for the ride because quote unquote. Quote. Yeah. Yes. So they're there. They're they're yeah, they're gonna be captured, but they're prisoners by title. Like, let's be just real. Just by you title. Can't really hold these crazy people. You can't hold like, the, not at all. You can't hold no teleporting magic or exploding chamber mm-hmm. or anybody else down. Or a freaking werewolf that licks things? That's scary. See, that is See, you can't stop that. No matter what, you can't. Like, you can't, you know, you can't do that. But yeah, like, now they're bonding. They're happy. Sam's smiling. Izzy's smirking. And Bobby's just like... And, well, first, Sam picks on Bobby. <laughs> He's just say, hey, hey, you grumpy man. <laughs> Come along for the ride or you're just gonna be here sour. <laughs> and, well, the two reconnect. But first, we have to have Izzy punch him. Okay, we need to have her whack the crap out of Bobby, first off. That's right. 
Boom! It's like, <coughs> and he's bleeding. So yeah, we so we have to get that lecture first, right? Because obviously, Bobby was an idiot. He he let all of his friends get captured, and he had had to add himself along with it. Let's be realistic here. He did not let them get captured. Okay, he did not. No, what happened was is he left the room and they teleported out. Okay, this was not his bad. This was 100% the rest of them. He was just trying to kick it. He Because he, for once, was the level-headed, rational one. Like, oh my god, we are on uh, enemy homeworld. Okay, we are with pirates that are doing a heist. Maybe we should just chill here. You know, just a thought. You know what I'm saying? Just a thought, but but you know what? Because he's an irresponsible, but responsible businessman. Because he himself says he's responsible. So obviously he is responsible. But he's not. But you know what? That's completely fair. I take back what I said. Bobby, even though you're the most irresponsible, responsible mutant, you are okay in my eyes. I, I apologize for all of the meanish things I've said because we I would not have this book without you existing. I want to put that out and clear. That's right. That's right. And, I mean, I don't really feel bad, like, getting beat up by someone named the Smasher. Like, that's kind of okay. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm getting beat up by the Smasher. It could be worse. I could be getting beat up by the Strawberry Shortcake. Then we might have a problem. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But but you know what? He finally reunites with Sam. They hug. And they're finally out. And so... We, we also need to reiterate that this judge is the worst, okay? I want I just, again, I need to put that out. This is the worst space lawyer that money can buy you. Never buy him again. That's, is that well, it? see, here's my sub... So, there's a little subtext that I picked up on, but maybe not. But I felt like he was, like, Sam had it already set up. You know, he was like, we we he found out they got arrested and we, they went to go pick him up. So they told the judge, no, make them our prisoners. Make them our prisoners. Make them prisoners of the Shi'ar Empire. Have them go under my wife's name. And then we go out and that's what we see, right? We see them. Well, first off, we need to set up a couple of things before we go on because there is some, some crap that's going on here. It's not just, oh yeah, we got Nubian. No, there's an undertaking because the Shi'ar are coming over here. And we get, again, we get some more setup for later things that'll be happening down the line. But also in the story, we have Kalark, one of my favorite space characters in Marvel, where he's essentially the head of the Shi'ar Empire, Gladiator, whatever you want to call him. Gladiator, let's talk about that sick mohawk. Let's also talk about how awesome character design Gladiator is, because in his entire history, they haven't changed one Thing about his costume and that is dope that is he is basically the great white shark he is of comic books okay he is he was he perfectly evolved in the beginning he was developed perfectly and so it's just like okay let's not change it i mean we're talking decades later and he still has the same exact outfit same mohawk same everything exactly and the fact well for one i want that cape I, I want it badly, like that that like it just goes around his neck and his hair. It's beautiful. Like that to me, I want it. But also, he's just this overall powerful badass human like not a human being, but just overall force of nature. He's in charge of this pretty huge empire that ties into directly ties into X-Men lore. 
we we were like, okay, we, we there's stuff here. Like we need to figure. But yeah, again, more team building after the quick conversation between Kalark and Izzy. And the new mutants are just playing they're just playing games in the board and it's yeah, good more team bonding and magic throws her cards up in the air, which is also a delight to see. And Cypher's getting punched by Danny. But you know, Sam and Bobby are reuniting. Just more good old Hickman vibes from his Avengers run, but also just two best friends hanging out with each other. It's awesome. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's family. It's fun. It's happy-go-lucky. And then we go straight up Game of Thrones with it. With the whole in political intrigue. And basically, what ha- what's happening here is that the new queen of the... Em- the new empress? Is she an empress? So she's just, she's just a little, for now, she's just a little on. She, she's a Xandra Naramani. She's a Naramani. She's one of the heirs to the throne. And Kalark wants to give her the throne, right? So it gets straight Games of Thrones, doesn't it, Dominic? What's happening with this weird Game of Thrones setup is that Xandra Naramani, she is a very, she's a young descendant as well of Charles Xavier, if you also didn't know, but Zandra Naramani is going to be taking over the throne. Kalark, Gladiator, essentially feels like he it's been way too long. We don't want the luxury of calling you a child anymore. There are, are titans that are resembling or assembling for some sort of war. Now, she's going to go into the throne. She's going to get mentored. They also need a Naramani on the throne, which is why Kalark, again, is giving it to her. He's going to be a praetor. He's going to be the actual gladiator. He's going to be there to protect. He needs... Her aunt, Deathbird, a.k.a. Calcian Naramani, to mentor her. To sort of get her into this position of, hey, I'm learning about space politics. I'm learning about negotiations. Right. And, and, and when it comes... When it comes to thrones and royalty, it's things aren't as simple as like let's vote in our next leader. No, it's about lineage, it's about birthrights and all that kind of stuff. So that's why Gladiator is like, yeah, no shit, I'm the dopest and I should be ruling, but I'm not royal. I'm just a soldier that got that ra- rose through the ranks. She needs to lead us. She is the empire. I'm just a cog. I mean, a really dope, powerful cog that can throw moves, but you know, a cog nonetheless. And so, same cog again, we, we put in Deathbird, but hey, he's falling in love, and he's like this hot, weird chick who's wearing this exquisite... Bird person. She's a bird person. Bird person. <laughs> this hot, weird bird person is gonna be escorted to the throne, and Sam, is, he's just like, Sam, I'm in love, bro. Like, she's she looks awesome. And so, more awesome narration from Bobby to Costa. Hey, so he's back, and yeah, we got freed, and bad space lawyer, but maybe it was intentional. Probably intentional. And then he talks about, hey, Sam is like my best bud, but, you know, he could have done better. But something about, I, hey, my, like, yeah, my, like, my freaking, his freaking wife got out of the jail. She gets that, you know, free pass card. You know, it's, it's whatever. I love him. I love their kid. I give, I give them presents. Even though they give me the weird The bromance stuff. is real. The bromance is real. Let's just say that. Right? Like, he's there to support. Even though he might not approve all the time, he's there to support. 
No, he's rich. He gets everything he wants. Like he has powers. He has his own team. He has money. He has corporations. He he buys countries for fun. He literally says that, and it's no big deal. All right, and then. Here's the one thing he wants that money can't buy, that power can't buy, that punching something can't get him. And it's driving him crazy. So he does everything he can to be the awesome godfather to their kid. as he To, to literally make him, if his godson loves him, then the parents have to. That's the rule, right? That's the, that's the exact rule. And you see him giving up presents and... He's like, yeah, I'm just making sure that the graces of my best friend that we stay here forever. And that's what's important. That's right. That we are tight, and that's all that matters. No matter how mad mm -hmm. he may look at me, no matter how mad Izzy gets looking at me, I will be there for him. No matter what. Because we're friendos, and that's just how it is. And that's right. more talks about space politics and something, something, open secret, something, something mission. But hey, that doesn't matter because there's this, he says there's this really, really hot bird lady. But hey, did you know that birds are the hot, there's a large number of endangered bird species in Brazil. I, he's Brazilian. He just needed to let you know that. <laughs> that right. Oh, the meta humor. <laughs> well, once again, like what, what's so random? So random, like let's throw it in there, you know. Just get. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in the birds. We got a bunch of birds from where I'm from, you know. Now, why, why exactly were they getting the bird lady though? So again, she is the aunt of Xandra Nermani, and she's going to be there so that she can you know, mentor her, make sure that she's all right, and to make sure that she gets in genuine with different sort of political vibes and negotiating vibes and whatever may else may be intact and make sure that she's coming home and making sure that she's comfortable as possible on the throne so that the passage of power goes through and is all right. And that's why Clark wants to bring her in. And that's why he's making sure that the new mutants and specifically Izzy, AKA Smasher, who's a part of the Shi'ar empire. She's, she's going through and making sure that she gets in because Hey, like, we need to make sure that everything is all right on her part, and we're going to make sure that everything is cool between our ends. And... But they have to keep Bird Lady's arrival and involvement with the throne a secret because politically she's kind of pissed a lot of people off. Okay? No one, to our knowledge, she seems very vicious. She seems very hard to get along with. So if someone like that in a ruling class, I could definitely see how politically people don't really want to work with her. So that's why, if I'm not mistaken, one of the the head intelligence person sends a hit squad after her. Am I correct? Oh, man. Oracle has got everybody. And Oracle is another part of the Shi'ar Empire. And she's bringing the whole... She's got... She's got the Black Cloak, she's got Flaw, she's got Devo, she's got Hypernova, we're bringing Crane, we're bringing Offset, we're just, like, it's a full... All the beasts, all of the beasts of the Empire are here, all the ones that we grew up, even Flaw, the Cyborg Scroll, ugh! I just, I couldn't, this man, they, they need to, he needs to change his name from Jonathan Hickman to Jonathan Deep Cut. Oh my god, I can't believe they brought him back. He just brings everybody back. You know what? That's what I love about this. It's like he's putting in literally all of this lore and tied it into one. And even if it's a small cameo, you still get it. Like you're getting the content. And that's what I love. It's putting all of these different factions and characters together and bringing them all into one piece. And it makes me happy. It also makes me happy. More team stuff. More 
Well, first off, Bobby is trying to get with... <laughs> he's trying to get with Deathbird, and he's talking with Izzy. Bobby's talking with Izzy, and Izzy's like, Hey, I just want to let you know that she's about to be the regent of the new empress... And she's gonna be. She's a little bit out of your league. It's like, uh, it's like a regular school kid trying to date one of the top three girls in high school. That's sort of the situation here. What I love about this part, or what we're getting into before the fight ensues and rages, is Bobby's talking with Izzy, and Izzy's just like, hey. She's like 15 steps out of your league. Like she's Black Widow and you're just some regular dude trying to trying to get with this girl. And Bobby's like, hey, yeah, like, okay, I understand that. And she's like, well, you know, she has a kid, right? And Bobby here is just like, hey, you know what I love more than anything, more than powerful women? Single moms. That's a hard job. <laughs> I love this bit. Yeah, it's like no matter what they say to him. He always has, uh, he has a comeback for everything. Like, oh, oh, well, you know, she has a kid. Cool. I love single moms. <laughs> but what hit me hard was just Izzy. Well, first off, ellipses. And the second, she's just looking at him. It's like, it's like when you have that blowback. You're like, yeah, okay, I get you. But then you roast somebody. But it's sort of that like weird inappropriate roast. Or you say something that slips out of your mouth. And the right. other person's just looking at it. She's like, you, you said what now? <laughs> That's exactly, I think, what Izzy's <laughs> feeling like in this situation. I exactly. Like. And <laughs> like, she's oh. like, who the hell is this human asshole that just, th she could kill him. Okay. He doesn't even care. Uh, man, like, we, you just gotta, you just gotta smack him. I want to punch him again. I want to punch him again, Sam. Can I do it, honey? And it's, and we need, and so, yeah, it's just more of that. But yeah, we get to see the talk and, you know, she's trying to, he's trying to get, he's trying, he's flirting. He's, he's going like, hey, yo, you and me together or something. I, yeah, I got this and this and I own this and that. And she's like, no, I own this and this and, and, it, but hey, as all that ensues, we got the, the squad and they're going to get the hits on and they're boarding and magic is something something hey i'm a commander and we're gonna fight and we're gonna kick them all and or magic mirage and wolfsbane magic as she gets in the front she's talking with three of them she's just talk. she's talking with flaw hypernova and offset and she's just asking him hey do you want to make out and one guy's like, no, I don't want to. And I don't got arms, but hey, I, I sort of want to. But, you know, she's working and she's trying to kill them all. But anyways, Magic's just like... No, no, it was... No, no, the, the, see, what she does is set up the most brilliant shit-talking I've ever seen. She's like, you want to make out? You want to make out? You want to make out? No? Well, I came here to fuck or fight, so... Well, yeah, and, and, and you have to add, hey, we have laws that we can't kill humans, but none of you are anywhere near human. She must have slayed some hearts, like actually slain some hearts. I, 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 that's how that's how brutal it was. Yeah, if there's two things we know about magic, is that she fucks shit up and she fucks. That too. That is canon now. Okay, Hickman. That's canon. canon. That yeah. is canon. She fucks shit up and fucks. 
I need that shirt. I need that shirt that says magic, fuck shit up, and fucks. Like, let's make those shirts. It's going to be merch from Dom of X. <laughs> merch from Dom of X. I will make it. I will put it out. We need to have Dylan's name on it, obviously. But we are going to make sure that it's out there and that we just want you to rep it. I'll even buy it, man. I'll buy two. I will, like, yeah. It's canon and she's slaying beasts. So, yeah, like, we go through and <laughs> they, they blow up. More fighting. I love how this also ties in. Like instead of make more or make more mutants or kill no human, we now have, well, you can like that should be a new law. Like we should just codify magic into Krakoan law after this. That has to right. Let's bring it to right. the council. Hey, whatever you need to do, Jonathan, and make sure that this idea gets there. Like, we're all in for it. But yeah, like we see them fight. We see Mirage and just whoop whoop butt. And they, yeah, the, the ship. They 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 get boarded by the the Imperial Black Ops squad of the heaviest hitters the universe knows, and boom, they could not even hold a candle to the hyphiness, which is the New Mutants. Okay, they just got mopped, mopped up. They couldn't they couldn't do anything. Swept the floor. But, you know, the, then the ship blows up. But then we were like, okay, well, Bobby, and more Bobby content, because Bobby content is always awesome. And so he just says, hey, oh boy, how are we going to get out of this situation? What happens next? Well, I'll tell you in another issue of New Mutants. See you guys. And and more so, and we, we're bringing in, and we're back with more Bobby. Hey, hey, remember us? We were out in space, but yeah. Uh, magic had us and teleported us and we're here and but hey we got defeated or sort of but hey i saved my weird bird friend as my other friends got harmed and Deathbird helped save us and we're all going to somewhat we're, we're just moving around in parts and bobby's just going off on these weird tangents i love it i think the best part about it though is that he finally got that kiss from Deathbird. so at least there's that yeah, sure. It's one kiss because we find out, hey, she don't, she, so Bobby says, hey, she kissed me and then she punched me and then she kissed me again. And then <laughs> Deathbird looks at us and she's like, hey, it was only one kiss. I punched him twice. Okay. Two punches, one kiss. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so good. What? And this right here, this is like the pinnacle of the meta humor. Like I literally was laughing out loud reading this it was hilarious i actually at one point my dog was sitting on my lap napping while i was reading it and it woke him up because i laughed like oh my gosh like bring it up like we need more of this rampant fourth world fourth wall breaking commentary but anyways he stole the commando ship as he breaks the wall and he also breaks the wall he also tells us that, hey, Jonathan Hickman is also working with Ed Brisson on the book, and you should go read the other New Mutant stories that aren't a part of our stories that have different characters. Because, hey, Jonathan isn't the only one on this. But what? You're telling me that I'm I'm not part of New Mutant stories? I got taken off? I wasn't in issues uh, six and... Wait, which, which word? What? Like, he's, you're telling me that Bobby wasn't in New Mutants three, four, or seven, or six? What? Uh, brilliant. Oh, man. Good stuff. Brilliant. Anyways. Three pages of this meta humor, and he just kills it. He kills it. But as we clear off to the sort of near end, as Kalark tells 
Zandra Naramani about the impending death bird that is about to come. And they they go off, they arrive on Chandelar, they, they're here to bring the death bird in. And lo and behold, we find out too, we find out two things that A, there is a traitor in the Shi'ar Empire. And two, Bobby is good at saving people and not getting caught because that's right he comes in so we, we so so full full on retrospect we arrive on the shi'ar empire capital homeworld whatever the chandelar we go off they finally go through the throne and we figure out oh yeah like we got the new future majestrix and well she finds out that oracle was well near a traitor but Kalark stops and so she throws the spear Kalark catches the spear and he gets mad he's like I bring you back into the fold and this is how you repay me with betrayal and he throws it back Bobby catches it and yeah he's good at saving people like I said unlike first issue but now we're in the fourth but it's Bobby and you know, he's like, are you okay? Hey, that was my favorite spear. And, well, they fight. Good one-page spread. I love it. And we get what looks to be a D&D chart for the fight. I, I like it because it has dice rolls. I, I dig I dig stuff like that. It also just looks Yes, good. the... the I, it's really kind of cool that they just like, look, we're just going to cut this. You're not going to get 17 pages of fighting. You could do the fight yourself. And to have the ability to like literally roll the dice and figure out who beats who is so cool. It brings such a new level to comic books. Like like I've heard of, you know, choose your own adventure, but to like literally break it down to a dice roll to like control it that way, it's amazing. It's next level. Comic writers pay attention because, wow, you guys, wow. We should play it sometime. Like, I'll bring a die over and we could just, you know, we do this weird simulator. And I'll, I'll, I can be the New Mutants. You can be the uh, Shi'ar Empire. And we could just have fun. Ooh. That'd be, that'd be... That would be a good idea if you got to level 15 and then we could do it on Live It. <laughs> <laughs> that is another story for another time, folks. But anyways... <laughs> Anyways, so Spears gets thrown, catches the spear, and he's like, what the hell? And he throw Gladiator throws it back at them, Sunspot catches it and breaks it just because that's just the way it goes. And then uh, Deathbird goes, that's my favorite spear. You just broke my favorite spear. How could you do that? He's like, oh, sorry, it was just how I thought about it. We, we, have, the, we have the rolling die. And Xandra Nomar is just like, Stop! Please explain yourselves. And then we figure out, you know, there's a traitor inside. Oracle is the traitor. And Kalarsh is like, what? Is this true? How dare you? And so, Naramani, this is what I love about for the ending part. Even if it is rushed, you could argue it is, argue it is not. She takes control and she says, this is my empire. I'm going to deal with this issue. Oracle will pay. For whatever happens, Deathbird will be the advisor, and the other, the rest will continue to seek over parts of the Shi'ar Empire. 
And that's it. That's right. Right. And well, that's not it, actually. Also, let's not forget how Sunspot decides that, you know what, I'm going to stay here. I, I'm i going to hang out with you guys, but... And uh, Sam knew this, but he's like, you can't stay with us. He's like, okay, that's no worries. I bought the building. What? Yeah, I bought the entire building you guys stay in. Sam. And I think... Yeah. And I think Sam is just like, what? He's like, yeah, look, I, this is the closest one to the palace. You know, I want to be close. To, I'm trying to get on Deathbird, hang out with you guys. So we'll just stay. And it's at that point when we notice that we might not, we might be seeing more like of this two different adventures going on at the same time with the New Mutants book. And just let's keep having this comedy. Let's keep having this fun. It's not going to end. And the part with dupe, the part with dupe was the my favorite part right there, hands down. I mean, dupe's part in New Mutants the entire time has been unbelievably hilarious, and it's very subtle if you can't notice because he's an extra dimensional being, so they can't see him and we can't either. But we know he's there, dude. Dupe, oh my gosh, just the way that not only is he invisible, but the way that he brings sort of this laudacious. Is that a new? Is that a word? I don't even know this. Yeah, well, if anyone is laudacious, it's definitely Dupe. Dupe is the... If I'm going to define laudacious, I would just show you a picture of Dupe, you know? And But in, in, all, in all honesty, and this is a, a, a real thing, Dupe is in all of our hearts at all times. All of this New Mutant stuff, what... By the end of it, we again, we like you said, we find out that Sam is still going to stay. He's got his wife. He's got his apartment. He's got his kid. He's happy. He's not going to be moving over to Krakoa like Bobby wanted him to. But, hey, the, 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 the fun never ends between those two. The two duke it out, and we figure out, oh, hey, we're still going to have our adventures together. Sure, you know, we, we might not be on the same island all the time, but, hey, as long as you and I are together, bud, nothing's ever going to stop us. And this is eventually going to make a segue because... All of these new mutants are technically "quote unquote" not new mutants anymore, right? Like they're all adults. They're not. That's right. They're not just oh, we're kids. No, these are full-grown adults who can make their own rational decisions, and we're going to be seeing them graduate from this book over to the regular X-Men book, where you, I think, we will see more of the same bang bang, Sam, Bobby friendship and that's what i'm excited well, yeah and and they plant and we totally bearing the lead the whole one of the main points of them going there was to plant a gateway so that they can visit each other the whole time you know mm -hmm. and that's god think about how small the universe has become for the mutants now now that they have these portals to go literally anywhere all they gotta do is plant them once and bada bing bada boom and it's all there. And yeah, I think it just sets up, well, for A, I think it's great commentary on building seeds wherever your friends are, right? Find the people who you know that will stick close to you. And I think that's the one message out of everything that's happened in this book. As much as the, a mate, as much as the comedy was great, as much as the action was great, what stuck for me was just that home sense of your friends will always be there. No matter what the circumstance, no matter if we're stuck on the other side of the galaxy or your bosses decide to make an island nation where literally all the bad guys are not running around with us, right? And that to me, I think, is the most powerful statement that Hickman has set in this book 
It's the theme of friendship and having your close dudes near to you at all times, whether you are next to each other or you're millions of galaxies away. It's Yeah, and I, you're totally right. I think, yes, is there space adventure? Is there political intrigue? Is there like relationship building and love and all that. Yes. But at the end of the day, this is a best buds story, right? Like if you get to see two, two dudes just duking it out and it's just heartwarming. Like we need, again, we think we, if we get more of those platonic relationships, whether it be same sex, different sex in many of our comic books, I think we'd be a lot off better. Interspecies. How, <laughs> how important your close ones can be. Get that one dude who who will be there for you no matter what. You you know? That's right. That is right. And you know what, Dominic? I got your back. I hope you know that. Okay. Thank I would you, go dude. to the other side of the galaxy for Thank you. you. Well I guess we- in this I guess in this situation I would be Sam and and you would be Sunspot, but you know, whatever. Yeah, and like I'll I'll <laughs> I'll I'll buy the space lawyer and make sure that you free me and my friendos so that we can hang over and do but yeah, like Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Let's go kick some weird Shi'ar butt. I think that's... I guess what it, yeah, let's kick some weird Shi'ar butt. So on that, on these final notes of friendship and bonding and brotherly love, in your opinion, what did you think of Rod Reyes doing the pencils, inking, and coloring all in this one book? Love it. What did you think about the just how he drew the panel? All of that. His art style, etc. Oh, his art style is phenomenal. And it hit the tone perfectly. Okay? It gives us the action we want. It gives us the the comedy, the lightheartedness. It gives us, but at the same time, beautifully drawn. Um, plus, at the same time, beautifully drawn, proportional anatomy that, that wasn't cartoony, but at the same time cartoony. Like, he hits all the notes that a comic book artist should hit for a book like this, and he does it so well. What other work has he done, Dominic, do you know? So, Rod Reyes, I think this was, this was one of his first books over doing his, uh, like, doing interior work at Marvel. Like, this was his first actual, hey, I'm on this big book because what he did before he was a he was a colorist for Ivan Reyes They're, the two aren't related for Aquaman at DC he moved over to Marvel and started doing more work over there and he got in and now all of a sudden he's doing he's doing all these books I th- he's done a couple covers for a bunch of different books but from what I'm concerned by I think he's done some Star Wars stuff as well, but for the most part, this is his first real big professional work that he's done. He gives me a lot of those Bill Sienkiewicz vibes from the original Claremont series. A lot of his art emulates that, I think. That's why I love it, too. It not only has, again, like the fun pop, the fun colors, and the fun action tones that you said is perfect, like what we need for this book, right? The expressions are all in point, too, because of all the humor that he's trying to lay out, but... It's also like for again this weird this big this new Donovex title, it fits because he gets all the notes right. And that's why I love his art here. 
Definitely. I can't wait to see more work from him. Seriously. It's unbelievable. I have been saying that about literally everything, every aspect of this whole new X-Men thing. Like, I, I want... These are some of the best work these these creators have done. And it's just going to keep getting better and better. And it's just going to evolve into something amazing. Right, where we can't wait to see more of the end of it. But unfortunately... That brings us to the end of Sam and Bobby, and plus the other New Mutants, because they exist, right? All the other guys... Is- they exist. Okay. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you guys so much. And we'd like to thank the Grand Geek Gathering, our our network, for hosting the podcast as usual. Please go check out all of the creator content, all the podcasts on there. You guys will not be disappointed they create amazing stuff go over and check them out they are awesome they are sweet please do us a favor go to the grandgeekgathering.com listen to all of their stuff and thank you again dylan for being an awesome co-host talking about bobby da costa with me on pod so i appreciate yeah, like that. this was was this a new mutants podcast or is this a bobby da costa this was, Bobby like, De- real. this was Bobby DaCosta Appreciation Hour plus Sam plus Magic plus it's, it's Bobby DaCosta Appreciation Hour, everybody. You can follow the podcast specifically on Twitter and Instagram at Domovec Studio and co-host Dylan Gray at Mr. Dylan Gray with an MR on all platforms. All respective designs for the episodes were co-created and headed by my very good friend Maroof. You can follow him on Instagram at Maruf, M-A-R-U-F, 99designs. Thank you again all so much for listening beyond the island of Krakoa with your very own professor the next time.